Hello, and welcome to the teaching ministry of Impact Family Church. For more information, including service times and directions, or to find out more about us, you can visit our website at www.impactfamilychurch.com. We trust you'll be blessed by today's message. Well, what did we talk about last week? Let me let me let me tell let me tell you a story. Let me tell let me tell you a story. Um, this is what one of Brother Richard Roberts. You know, we've been around him quite a bit in the last couple of years, and and he told us this story about his father. And his father was the kind of person that you know you, he'd go out, he'd minister, and some somebody would come up to him and they'd say, and they say, "Oh, Brother Roberts, that message. I mean, that just blessed me so much." And he goes, "What'd you learn from? Give me three things you learned out of that." And he said. It was amazing how many people after that stopped asking, stopped telling him anything like that. He said, but it's amazing, too, how many people, once, once he caught them in that, they would pay attention. And the next time they'd come and say, that was a wonderful message, Brother Roberts. And he'd go, what'd you learn out of that? Give me three things. And they'd give him, dun, 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 dun. I think Brother Jerry Savelle also, also, I've heard him say the same thing, same, same thing that he had with Brother Roberts. So I'm going to be Brother Roberts tonight. What'd you get out of it? Hello? You can't even tell me what we did last week? The goodness of God. I mean, how can you forget that? My goodness. Gracious me. That must be why we're going to talk about it some more. (laughs) You set me up for that. Thank you very much. But I'm telling you what, you know, you you need to take something away from every service that's memorable. Got a few amens. You shouldn't just come to church and walk out when somebody says, what, what, what was the message about today? Go, uh, gracious, oh, what was it about? I, yeah, I've done that too. I, I, I'm guilty. I am guilty. You know, I have a, uh, there's somebody in the church with small children, and uh, they um, started asking them months ago, uh, what, what did you get out of service? And at first they, they, they you know, like a, a Sunday night service, and uh, they, they couldn't tell him anything. And, and they kept asking that week after week after week on, on Sunday nights on their way home. And they, then they began to say to their dad and their mom, you know, what it was they had learned during that service. And he said, after a while, it, got, it became so routine that they, we, they had started having great discussions about what happened during the service. So, do I need to go home with you people? <laughs> Should, should, I, should I send them over to train you guys? <laughs> you really should go out of here with something that's lasting. You know, I'm, I'm going to fuss a little bit, you know. What good is it to come if you don't remember anything you got out of it? You've got you to take it and do something with it so that it stays with you. You know, but anyway, we'll move on from there. We talked about the goodness of God. Anybody remember something about the goodness of God last week? A particular scripture? What? It leads men to repentance. Anything else? Taste and see. Do we not? Did we, did we not remember the moment? Y'all looking at me like yeah, we're in here. Okay, I don't know. <laughs> you know what? This it's. We should be to a place in our lives where we see the goodness of God. And there are times when it's just so good we can't help but just rejoice in his goodness. 
We just can't help it. It's a, te- you know, we, we, we use that scripture, oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. And I likened that to, the, to people who love food. They love food. So when they get a taste of something that's really good, it's like, give me some more of that. See, that's how we ought to be with God. Taste and see that he's good. There's so much he's got for us. We should be able to stop dead in our tracks and go, mm, 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 that is so good. Give me some more. You know, once you get a taste for it, then you, you have a taste that, that won't be satisfied with anything else but the goodness of God. You develop an appetite. You develop a palate. You know, just like these chefs on these, these cooking shows that I love to watch so much. They develop a palate, you know, for things. Would you put that down and stop that? He's got peanut butter cookies in this bag that he's sniffing. He's developing, he's developing his palate right now. And see, you know, some of you need to stick your head in the Word of God and take a good whiff of what's in there. Because it's, it's right there, and all you have to do is pull it up and start eating. But you're not going to do that during church. You don't eat, we, don't, we do not eat in the auditorium. At least not where anybody can see you. <laughs> Thank you, darling. <laughs> but really, we, we, need, we need to get such a taste for it that... that, that even any little bit of any little bit of goodness we pick up on. It's amazing to me these chefs on these cooking shows will go, that's a wonderful dish. It just needs a little bit more salt. And I'm going, you went on and on about all these flavors and textures and all this stuff, and now you're saying, but it could use a little bit of salt. You know, that's discerning. You know, we ought to be that discerning when it comes to the things of life where God's goodness is concerned. And just know it's there, and you can see it, you can feel it, you can taste it, you enjoy it, and you want more. You just, you know, you can't fill up too much on this goodness. There's no such thing as being full. I mean, the Bible talks about being full. He's called El Shaddai, the God who's more than enough which means it's running over kind of blessings that he wants us to have. We ought to get to that place where we're just running over with things in our lives that we turn and we look, and yet because we're natural human people, so often all we can do is look at the things that are bad, the things that are wrong, the things that are, that are not going right. That's all we can see, and we fail to see the goodness of God in every situation because it's there. It's there. I've caught myself so many times dwelling on all the things that are going wrong and the things that weren't right and all the issues and the things that have got to still be done and the things that, that I don't know how to do. And, and, and I forget, you know, that God has been so abundantly good to me. I mean, simple things. Like sometimes when it's time to pack, to go to California for two weeks, and I'm standing in the closet going, Dear Lord, what am I going to take? And I have to just look at that closet and go, I'm so blessed. I've got so much to choose from that I can't make up my mind which ones to take. That's the goodness of God. That's the kind of attitude we ought to have in every situation of life. I've got so much to choose from. I'm just so blessed. You know, 
I've got this problem, but there's just so much out here for me to choose from as far as answers. God's got all these answers, and he's got all these ways he can get it to me, and he's just going to do that, and, and I don't have to be concerned about it. It's just all there. I'm abundantly blessed. Abundantly blessed. And so, and so we, we talked about this last week, and let me just kind of review a couple of things with you. Uh, we talked about the fact that God demonstrated his goodness when he created when he created the earth and everything that goes in it, as man, man as well. If you go back to the first chapter of Genesis, you see where he would, in increments, he did, he did this and he saw that it was good. He did this, he saw it was good. He did this, he saw it was good. He saw it because he wanted you to be able to see it. He didn't need to see it for himself. He needed to make sure it was visible for you and for me to be able to see. He created high mountains and low valleys and, and deep oceans and, and big blue skies just for you and me to marvel at his goodness. He demonstrated his goodness to us when he created this world and put us in, because he did it all for us. He made this place a habitation. He made this place a place of beauty and a place that we could enjoy. And then he created man. He got everything ready and then he put man in the middle of it. He did it all for you and me. All for you and me. That's why he's so good. Because Psalm 33, 33 5 says, The earth is full of the goodness of the Lord. Absolutely full. Uh, Psalm 145 says, The Lord is good to all. Not just a few, but to all. It's a shame that there are people in the world who will never know his goodness only because they won't receive his goodness. They won't see it. They won't see the goodness that he has for, for them, that he's offering to them on a daily basis. You know, we talked about the, about the, the, the taste and see, uh, the goodness of God leads men to repentance. Um, hallelujah. Um, those that seek the Lord, that's in Psalm 34, 10, that seek that shall not want or lack any good thing. Psalm 84, 11, no good thing will he withhold from them that walk uprightly. James 1, 7, every good and every perfect gift comes down from the Father of lights, in whom there's no variation, no shadow of turning. It's not just an Old Testament provision. I'm telling you what, the Old Testament set the stage for the goodness of the New Testament. It set the stage for what he had in in store for us that you and I could walk in every single day. Psalm 23, surely goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of our lives. And then what in the world did he do? But he took the goodness that he demonstrated all through the Old Testament. He took the goodness he demonstrated when he sent Jesus. He took that goodness, and when he made it available to us, the day we said, I received Jesus as my Lord and Savior, he put a nature on the inside of us that contains his very goodness. He didn't just demonstrate it. He made it a part of us. Isn't that amazing? He's made his goodness a part of that recreated human nature that's on the inside of you as a child of God. I mean, again, you're you're just amazed sometimes at how good he is. You know, the old people in the Old Testament, uh, we told you last week, 
You know, there were so many, so often when they, they had a victory, when God demonstrated himself, they would make a memorial, you know, an altar at that place, and they would come back when they passed by that way again, as, and it would be a reminder to them to, of the good things that God had done for them, the marvelous works he had worked in their lives, the miracle-working power he had, he had opened to them all along their journeys, and how he was continually there expressing and demonstrating himself to them. And today you and I walk in a, such a deeper fullness of that goodness you know, that we should be able to do that every single day. Never getting up, being, being harassed by the enemy because we just turn around and look at him and say, oh, but God's good to me. God is so good to me. You don't know what you're talking about. God's so good to me. Because the thing the enemy likes to do most is to tell us that God doesn't care, that he's not going to work this out. That he doesn't have an he doesn't have a, a a plan of escape available for us. That we're not worthy. That we're not this. We're not. And you can turn around and say, Yeah, but God's just so good. God's so good. He's demonst- He's demonstrated Himself to me so many times in so many ways. I can't. I can't. That's not true. It's just not true because I see His goodness. So what did I do? I mean, I just went back and I started looking up some more things about the goodness of God. And so. Psalm 25, verse 7, we've got a lot in Psalms. And you know what? I love the fact that, that the psalmist David, if you read through the Psalms, he, he, he talks so much about the goodness of God, you know, in various places. And, and the thing that always strikes me about David is that the kind of life that David lived with, his, with the, the circumstance and the events of his life, the, what seemed like the ups and the downs, is he never lost sight of the fact that the Lord is good and his mercy endures to all generations. For the Lord is good. For the Lord is... He talked about his goodness so often. You know, and that's what I believe is one of the things that kept David tuned into the things of God. Even through the times of mistakes, he could go back and he could count on the goodness of God to restore him to that place of fellowship again. And because of it, you know, the Bible says that David was a man after God's own heart because he continually looked at God's goodness. He continually trusted in God's goodness. He continually depended on God's goodness. And it was always there. It was always there. But in in chapter 25, verse 7, it says, remember not the sins of my youth. Oh. You know, David has some things that we all know about. How would you like for, for your sins to be put in print for every generation that followed you to see how you had failed miserably? But he wrote this. He said, remember not the sins of my youth nor my transgressions. According to your mercy, remember me for your goodness sake, O Lord. Isn't that what we do so often? Father, I know you don't remember them because I repented. I just thank you that in your mercy, for your goodness sakes, you have forgiven me. You have forgotten them all. They're thrown into the sea of forgetfulness, never to be remembered again. Hallelujah. David knew that. Psalm 31, verse 19. It's amazing when you start doing a, a, just a study on, the, on, on God being good or his goodness. In 31, verse 19, it says, how, Oh, how great is thy goodness, which you've laid up for them that fear them, 
which you have wrought in them that trust in thee before the sons of men. Here's the amplified version of that. Oh, how great is thy goodness, which you have laid up for them that fear, reverence, and worship you. Goodness which you have wrought for those who trust and take refuge in you before the sons of men. You know, the world is looking at us. The people around you at work, the people around you at school, the people in your own families, the people that you go to, the different places of business that you have, that you habituate, have, habitually go to, they're watching you. You know, and, and this is a verse that, that rings true to me that says, How great is your goodness which you've laid up for those who reverence and worship, worship you. Goodness that you have, have, you have performed, that you've wrought for those who trust and take refuge in before the sons of men. It's vital that you and I demonstrate God's goodness to other people in front of them. You know, sometimes you, you, know, you, just, you don't realize that people are watching closely, they, especially when they know you're going through something, that there's something in your life that is not good that's a, a crisis of some kind, that's, that's um, a challenge to you. And for you to walk in his goodness before them is this absolutely wonderful testimony of what God can do in anybody's life. You know, your testimony is the most valuable thing you have. It really is. Because nobody... Nobody can challenge your testimony. A lot of people can say, well, I, I didn't experience that goodness. But when you say, yeah, but this is how he's been good to me. This is how he's been good in my life. This is how he's walked me through this situation and this situation and that situation. This is how he's led me through through all those things in great peace and in great joy. This is how I've been able to depend on him just because of his goodness. They're watching you. Maybe they've never been told like I wasn't told how good God was. They need somebody to say, God is good. God is good all the time. And they need to see that, that, that there's a demonstration of what you say he is in your life that they can't argue with. When, when I say God healed me of something, they can't argue with that. When I say God provided for me in some way, they can't argue with that. Now it's up to them to decide whether they're going to walk in his goodness for themselves. But they can't argue with what he's done for me. And that's why it's so important for us to keep a testimony of the, of the goodness of God flowing in our lives all the time so that we can readily, at the drop of a hat, just begin to testify of what God is doing in us every single day. So many of you I know, you have got so many examples of that because you share it with us. And I, I know there are people who come in and I know what's going on in your lives. And, and when you walk in, I can't tell that you're troubled by it at all. That's a result of you knowing how good God is. That's a result of you knowing that because you can trust his goodness, you can just walk on in peace. You can just walk on knowing situations well in hand. You can walk on knowing that I don't have to think about that. I don't have to dwell on that. 
I don't, ha- I, don't, I, don't have to do- I don't have to touch that right now. All I need to do right now while I'm here is just focus on God. Just focus on worshiping Him. Just focus on Him, giving Him my all. Just focus on, on just taking in more of His goodness because the Word is being brought forth. Because the Word is full of His goodness. Full of His goodness. Hallelujah. Psalm 52, 1 says, The goodness of God endures continually. Isn't it wonderful? No, it never runs out. Never. It endures continually. Psalm 65, verse 4 says, Blessed, happy, fortunate. To be envied is the man whom you choose and cause to come near, that he may dwell in your courts. We shall be satisfied with the goodness of your house, your holy temple. I'm telling you what, there's a great satisfaction that comes with knowing God's goodness, knowing that that this is the temple that he now inhabits. This is the temple that he now puts all of his goodness in. This is the, this is the temple that is, that is joy, joyfully enjoying. I am joyfully enjoying the goodness of God every single day. Psalm 65, 11 says, You crown the year with goodness. The Amplified translate that, translate that as, as you crown the year with your bounty and your goodness. See, goodness, where God's concerned, is bounty. Amen? Goodness is not just little bits of something. A little bit here and a little bit there. Just enough to keep you dangling. Just enough, just like the carrot you know, out in front of the horse. Just enough to keep you interested. No, his goodness is full of bounty. It is, it is so big, so full, so grand, so far-reaching, you know, that there's, there's hardly words to describe any of it. Um, hallelujah. We, we, we talked about Psalm 145, verse 9, the Lord is good to all, and his tender mercies are over all his works. Well, that led me back to the scripture over Ephesians 2, 10. It says, we are his workmanship. In Christ Jesus. Hallelujah. Uh, Psalm 100, verse 5. The Lord is good. His mercy is everlasting. And his truth endures to all generations. You know, God's not good to just one generation here and there. But he intends for every generation to, 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 be, to be aware of and to be enjoying and walking in his goodness. Um, Psalm 135, verse 3 says, Praise the Lord, for the Lord is good. Sing praises to his name. And this is what the old King James says, for it is pleasant. But I went over and looked at the Rotherham translation. It says, it is full of delight. It is full of delight. Hallelujah. Psalm 119, verse 68 says, you are good and you do good. Teach me your statutes. The Septuagint says it like this. Thou, O Lord, art good in your goodness Teach me your statutes. In your goodness. And out of his goodness, he does teach us. He teaches us. And there's something to learn every single day. We're never going to reach the end of what God's going to be able to teach us about his goodness. It's a constant learning process. Uh, Nahum, 1 verse 7, I won't make you go find it. But Nahum, uh, 1 7 says, The Lord is good, a refuge in times of trouble. Now, the Amplified, of course, amplifies it. It says it like this. The Lord is good, a strength and a stronghold in the day of trouble. He knows 
recognizes and has knowledge of and understands those who take refuge and trust in him. Isn't that wonderful? He knows, he recognizes, he has knowledge of, and he understands those who take refuge and trust in him. So then I went over and I looked at John 10, 4, and this is the way it reads. I am the good shepherd. I know and recognize my own, and my own know and recognize me. That follows just four verses down from the Lord is good, that the enemy comes to steal, kill, and destroy. You know, when you think about that, he defines and lays out something for you to be able to judge everything by. And then he says, I'm the good shepherd. I'm the good shepherd. He said, I've come that you might have life and have it more abundantly. I'm the good shepherd. I know and recognize my own. And my own know and recognize me. Hallelujah. Then I found Psalm 27, verse 13. It says, I would have fainted. The NIV says it like this. I would have lost heart or despaired unless I believed to see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. You know what? There are times when life just seems that hard. That we seem like there are times that if we're not careful, we will despair of life itself. You know, and there have been times in, in life where I felt like that. Thought, you know, I don't even know if it's worth it. I, I, I just don't even know if it's worth it. And I remember a time, and I remember the year. I could, I could tell you the year it was. I could tell you, tell you the, the part of the year that it was, where, where the enemy was, 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 had brought in such a depression into my life that I really thought, I, back when it was in the old church, and I used to sit on the platform in the old church, and, you know, I, would, I could see all during, you know, out in the congregation all the time, you know, while the pastor was ministering, and, uh, and I would sit up there and just cry. And I thought, oh, I don't know if anybody notices that I'm crying or not, but you know, I can't help it. I just, I just, I just couldn't help it. I just cried. And uh, I thought, well, if anybody, if anybody sees me crying, maybe they'll just think, you know, I'm just being blessed or something. I don't know. But I tell you, the enemy had me convinced that life for everybody here would be much better if I wasn't here. But you know what? Somewhere along in there, because I know somebody was praying. I know somebody was praying. Somehow a glimmer of God's goodness got through, and it broke through the darkness. The light, that a little bitty bit of light about his goodness broke through the darkness, and it shattered the darkness. And without anybody praying, you know, a deliver, the prayer of deliverance or anything like that, I found myself out of that depression. There are times when we all come to places where it seems like it's that much a despair of life. But I'm telling you what, the psalmist David, and he had plenty of opportunity. Can you imagine when, when David came back and he found all of, the, all of his goods gone? He found all of his family gone. He found all of his men's family gone. They were turning on him. They were, they were, they were, they were giving him a hard time because look what happened. And, all this. and he said, I hung my harp on the willow. That's, that just cries just depression to me. 
That's what that was. And yet, he's the one who penned this. And he said, I would have despaired of life if I had not seen the goodness of God. You know, when it seems like you're despairing of everything around you, you need to go start examining the goodness of God. You need to start pulling those things. You know, we talked last week about forget not all his benefits. What benefits is it that you have enjoyed and are currently enjoying in the middle of despair? What benefits are you currently enjoying? You are enjoying plenty. You're breathing, aren't you? You have food on the table, don't you? You have clothes on your back, don't you? You have, you have a home to live in, don't you? you know, there are benefits surrounding you in the middle of what looks like abject despair. You know, and the psalmist, he said, I would have despaired had I not seen and could trust in the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. The uh, Harrison, I think it's Harrison translation, says it like this. However, I am confident that I shall see the goodness of the Lord, and I like this, in this present life. You know, growing up, you know, I, I, I saw and I heard and I sang about just over in the glory land. Everything is going to be fine when we all get to heaven. In the sweet by and by, just a few more weary days and then. I'm, you know, and yet God wants you to understand that you're to enjoy his goodness in this present life. What he wants you to understand is that he's so good that you experience so much of his goodness. It's just a training session. It's just getting a taste of what is to come. This is just a, this is just a taste. We're going to sit down with the full meal when we get to heaven. This is just a taste. Just a taste. You know, and you go back to Psalm the 23rd, verse 5, I think it is, and it says, He prepares a table before me in the presence of my enemies. In the middle of turmoil, in the middle of trouble, in the middle of despair, in the middle of, of crisis, in the middle of, of all kinds of things, political upheaval and, and economic upheaval and all these things going on, He prepares a table before me in the midst of my enemies. And he expects me to sit down and enjoy everything on the table. It, it is a family table. Pass me some of, that, some of that goodness over there. Pass me some of that goodness over there. You know, because really what happens is we see and we, and we get encouraged in, in, to enjoy the goodness of God by being around one another. When it seems like you've lost all hope, you can get around somebody that goes, man, isn't God good? Oh, you know what he did for me? Oh, let me tell you about this. And then you begin to go, oh, yeah, oh, yeah. They're passing you some goodness. They're passing it on. I want some of that gravy. Miss Iris texted me late this afternoon and said, I got some extra mashed potatoes and gravy. You want some of it? Yeah, but don't bring me just a little bit because I'll eat it all. She's passing me some goodness. See, when you come to church, that's one of the reasons why you come to church is so somebody can pass some goodness on to you. And there's some reasons that some people are dying on the vine. They're malnourished spiritually is because they don't come in where somebody can pass some goodness to them. 
Now it's up to you whether you eat it or not. It's up to you whether you partake or not. But there's somebody who's going to pass you the plate. And you can sit there and you can look at it and say, no, I don't want any of that. Can you imagine telling God you don't want any of what he's got? No matter what it is, you don't, you, I don't care for that. Really? Is there something God's got that you, well, no, I don't really care for that. See, that's my nice way of saying to somebody, I don't like that. Well, they offer me something to eat. No, I don't, I don't care for that. Can you imagine telling God, no, I don't care for that? I, can't, I cannot imagine such a thing. And yet people do it all the time. Here, God's provided healing for you. Oh, no, I don't believe that God heals. It's always God's will to heal. Here, here's some prosperity for you. No, I don't. I, don't, I believe God wants you to be humble. I want you, you know, just as long as you have enough to get by, He just meets your needs. You know, that, that that's that's enough. You, that, I shouldn't ask for anything more. Well, then pass it on by. Just let somebody pass it on down to somebody who will take it and fill up on it. Because there are people who are willing to get a good big helping of what's coming their way. But you know what? It's it's a you know we really. Because, because we all have moments of highs and lows, it's so important for us to come in when we fellowship with our brothers and sisters to, to just encourage one another in the good things of life, in the good things that we find in the Word, not just the things God's done for us, not just the, the material blessings we're enjoying, but the fact that God is just, He's just my all. He's just, He's everything to me. That He just... My time with him today was just so sweet. My time with him this morning was just, it was just, it was just incredible. It didn't last, you know, I didn't have but about 15 minutes to spend because I had to, I had to go to work or I had to get busy. On my job. But it was the most incredible 15 minutes. Somebody needs to hear that. Somebody who's, who's the devil is, is, is trying to convince of something otherwise needs to hear what you have to say. So that they can see for themselves again his goodness in this present life. Hallelujah. Glory to God. You know, and it and it always makes me remember First Corinthians ten thirteen. It says, With everything that comes my way, he will always make a way of escape. Always. That's because he's good. Because he's nothing ever comes our way that God's not already got an answer. He's already got a way out. He's already got. He's already got it fixed. He's already got. He's got. It, he's got it ready for us to be able to overcome in that situation. You know, I, I mean, some sometimes you know, you, you know, growing up like we did in the kind of songs that we that we used to sing. There was this one lady who who had this song that the pastor would have her sing it, you know, on a regular basis, and he he he. It was just now we look back at it and go, oh my goodness. It's me again, Lord. I got a problem that needs an answer. It's me again, Lord. I've got a problem I can't solve. I don't mean to worry you, but here I am facing something new. You know, when I say, I know you're busy hanging stars in the heavens. No, he already did that. He's, He's done with that. You know, and just put on this, this kind of woe is me. Don't come to God with a woe is me. Come to God with, I thank you, Lord, for your goodness. I thank you, you're good to me, that you're always good to me, that you always have goodness in mind for me, that you have goodness laid out before me, that you've prepared goodness in front of me. All I have to do is take of it. 
And so, with that, I went to Psalm 27, verse 6, and it says, I will offer in his tabernacle sacrifices of joy. How you stir up the goodness? I will offer sacrifices of joy. The RSV translation says this. It says, sacrifices with shouts of joy. If the goodness level seems low, how about a sacrifice of joy? How about a sacrifice of with shouts of joy. Rotherham says, the sacrifices of triumphant joy. Now, how are you going to find triumphant joy? Well, thank God who always leads me in triumph. How about that? There are some verses you can pull out that you can get joyful about, that you can get happy about, that you can, that you can start seeing his goodness at work again. Hallelujah. You know, we need to start our praying with an acknowledgement of God's goodness to us. How good he is and his goodness to me. God, you're a good God and I'm so glad you're so good to me. You know, all the benefits and all the things you load me up with daily. If you're not loaded up daily, it's because you haven't been picking it up. You haven't pulled the card up and said, load me up, Lord, load me up. If somebody asks you, how are you? It's a good opportunity to say how good God is to you. Not to tell you, well, it's been, it was okay until da-da-da happened. It was, you know, well, you know, the devil's been after me all week. So we used to hear that. Oh, the devil's been after me all week. Really? Why give him any credit? Why? We ought to take the opportunity to say, God is so good to me. The devil's been trying this, but he hasn't won. He's not going to win. He will never win because God is greater and the greater one lives in me. I understand you don't cast your pearls before swine. There are some people who won't understand it because I think you're crazy. But you know what? You can say, I'm blessed. You can just leave it at just, I'm blessed. If you don't think they'll understand you, just, just keep it. Just tone it down and say, you know, I am. I, I'm wonderful. I'm blessed. You know, things are great. Or just say, God is just good. You can find something you can say. And yet sometimes we tend to want to let everybody know about our struggles. Is that helping you? Does it help you to have somebody pat you on the back and say, Oh, bless your little heart. I'm so sorry. No, it doesn't. Well, it would help you for somebody to come up and say, get a hold of yourself. God is good. And he's got your answer. He's got your back. He's got whatever you need. You just All you need to do is just trust him. See, the more you know about his goodness, the more fully you're able to trust him. The more fully you're able to believe his word. The more fully you're able to act on his word. When he tells you to do something, you go, oh, I don't think I can do that. Because he's good, you can do it. Because he's good, you can do it. He wouldn't ask you to do something that was not for your benefit. No matter what the, the spirit on the inside asks you to do or prompts you to do, directs you to do, if it seems hard, if it seems impossible, if it seems out of reach for you, trust that God is in his in his goodness is asking this of you for your benefit because he wants to increase 
your understanding of his goodness when you follow through with what he's asking you to do. See, it's an opportunity to get increase. It's always an opportunity to get increase because he's that good. He's just that good. He is that good. Amen. He is that good. Just remember, he's that good. Amen, amen, amen. Your testimony of his goodness increases your revelation of his goodness and your awareness of his goodness. Your testimony of his goodness changes the atmosphere of the places that you are at. It will change the atmosphere of the places you are at. Do you hear me? It will change. You know what, you, what happens when you come into, a, into an atmosphere where everybody's griping and complaining? It's nappy. I don't know of a better word for it. It's just nappy. I mean, it just, and it's contagious. You know, a bad mood from one person puts everybody in a bad mood. It's like a rotten apple in a barrel. It contaminates the whole barrel. But when you come in with a testimony of the goodness of God, you can change that. You can, if it's in a work environment, if it's in a school environment, if it's in a family environment, you can change that with your testimony of, of something good about God. You can change that. Don't say, well, you know, I just work in this place and it's just so hard. Why is it hard? Why is it hard? Because you're not letting his goodness out out from what's on the inside. It's only hard because you're letting the, the hardness come in instead of sending the goodness out. Listen, there is more in you to overcome all that kind of negativity just speaking kind words to somebody, whether they deserve it or not. But see, we, don't, we should be like God. We shouldn't give somebody the opportunity to experience kindness from us because they deserve it. Because when they don't deserve it is when they need it most. And it's when they don't deserve it when you need to give it most. It's an opportunity to overcome you know, what, what could be the developing of a really bad attitude on your part. But that's where you let the goodness of God shine out from you. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Anytime a situation comes up, you need to look for his goodness in that situation and know that it's going to change the situation. You need to look and see how the goodness of God is going to impact this whole thing, and I'm going to come out smelling like a rose. It's, it's going to be wonderful, absolutely wonderful. Remember, he is El Shaddai, the God who's more than enough. Hallelujah. He has a plan. He has a plan to demonstrate his goodness in your life in a general and specific way every single day. Every single day. He tailor-makes the demonstration of his goodness to you. He's good in all his ways, and yet he will take his goodness and he will tailor it to your life. What you need at any given moment, he will tailor it to you. You, you can wear his goodness. You can, it, it'd be, it'll be the most wonderful fitting garment that you could possibly wear. Tailor-made just for you, if you'll let him. He's just that good. We need to be so blessed and so aware of our blessing 
and so willing to talk about our blessing and so willing to walk in our blessings that people are envious of us. Now, I'm not talking about, now last week I said we should never be envious of the the way God demonstrates his goodness in somebody else's life. And that generally is material things. We shouldn't ask or want people to be envious of, of our material blessings. What they really, we really want to be envious of is the calmness of our lives, the peace that we walk in, the joy that we walk in, the, the, the just absolute refusal to get into care or into strife or, or despair about anything because God's that good. Do you know there are people who will look at you and say, I don't know how you do it. I don't know how you keep this calm in this kind of a situation. I don't know how you, you seem to be so at ease during this situation. That's where we need to make them envious. You can tell them about the material things later, but they need to see your reaction to the things that are going on in your life and in, maybe in their lives and just, and just let the goodness of God be so overwhelming that they go, I wish I could be like that. And you go, I'll tell you how. I'll tell you what it takes. This is what it's all about, is just knowing how good God is. At Impact Family Church, it is our desire to see you blessed through the power of the Word of God. We have been helping people to change their world for over 25 years through our dynamic ministries and teaching. If you are going to be in the North Central Florida area and are interested in attending our services or just want more information about us, you can visit us online at www.impactfamilychurch.com.